You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I am sitting down with Pamela Gale Johnson. She founded the Society of Happy People in 1998, created the first three globally celebrated happiness holidays, and she is the author of Practical Happiness, Four Principles to Improve Your Life. She was an award-winning salesperson for American Express and Staples and now helps leaders and teams create happier workplace cultures. So Pamela, thank you so much for being on the call or on the show today. Oh no, thank you for having me, Erin. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be great. I think this is so timely because we are entering the holiday season and it's stressful for some. It's a time of grieving for others. There's um, all sorts of reminders and memories, good and bad. And happiness is, is your focus. And so I want to dive into all things related to happiness. That, no, that's great. And one of one of the big pieces about happiness is when you mentioned the holidays and sometimes it's a sad time for people. You know, one, the second principle in my book is happiness zappers are manageable because if you're experiencing happiness zappers during the holidays, whether it's you experienced a loss and so that void is very real this year or you um, are just dealing with regular chaos of trying to do too many, you know, during the holidays, we add a whole bunch of extra to-dos to most of our already way overpacked to-do list, um, you know, how do you better better manage that? So I think that um, this is a great a great time to talk about happiness and like I said, everything from managing those zappers to, to feeling more happy. Yes. Ooh, I like that. The happiness zappers. I can't wait to get into that. So tell me, okay, let's talk about the Society of Happy People and just a basic like what got you to get into this in 1998? Because the world is very different now <laughs> than it was. I mean, that's pre-social media, pre-news 24-7. Like this is, it's different now. So what, what started it to begin with? Well, ironically, I think we're almost a little closer to full circle <laughs> than, we, than we have been. I think happiness has had this, this ups and downs. But at the time, we were really at the height of the self-help season. So we had Oprah, we had... Mm -hmm. Insta, you know, we didn't have podcasts, but we had lots of self-help talk radio. It was, it was the Dr. Laura show. We had um, Jerry Springer. We, we had just a lot of things that were focusing on the what's wrong. Some of them focused a little bit more on how do you heal the what's want wrongs, but it was very, it was, it was very much a, a, a woman named Carolyn Mace wrote a book and she called it the intimacy language of that time was woundology. So we were bonding over our wounds. And I was actually working in the self-help field at the time. I was working for the Hazelden Foundation, which uh, was an original 12, the original 12-step treatment program that one that it was, I think the first treatment center. And so it was Center City, Minnesota, but I was, I worked at one of their treatment centers in Florida. That's now not part of the Hazelden system. And then I ended up in their publishing division for about a decade. And so I was, Sometimes I was teaching personal empowerment classes and um, I kind of just started asking I, I, in the empowerment classes, people were like, Hey, we want you to start a newsletter. And this is the time people like Deepak Chopra or any self-help author was actually sending out paper newsletters because we, like you said, weren't all online yet. And so I was like, well, that kind of sounds like a lot of work. Uh, 
so for kicks though, one weekend I'm like, okay, what would I put in my newsletter? What would my columns be? What would it look like? And I was like, well, what is empowerment? And to me, empowerment is sort of when you can look back at a past wound. And I don't mean that the wound is funny, but you can sort of find some irony in the lessons. You can see sort of like, yeah, well, I kept doing X, Y, Z. So this is why um, ABC kept happening. I, I was just repeating a pattern and, and like, you can sort of look at it with a little bit of like, what have I learned? And you can kind of chuckle sometimes at some of the experiences. And so I thought, you know, my newsletter is going to have a humor column. I'm like, it'll have a humor column on the back. And then I'm like, okay, so what would be my first humor column? And I'm like, well, where are all the happy people? Cause I'm like, we're spending all this money and time in this delving into our self awareness place which we also did in the 60s like it seems to kind of reappear about every 20 years if I can kind of look at history at this mm. point which I didn't as much at that point but I was like we're all the happy people I'm like I know they have their own the club and they don't tell anybody about it because they don't want anyone raining on their parades and we still have this tendency to if I come in and share, like, I am so happy because my husband today, you know, made breakfast for the kids and he got them off to school and I got to have just a little more putts around time. People kind of look at you and roll their eyes and kind of, kind of, you know, if you're in the office, roll their eyes and kind of go, okay, lucky you or only happens to you. And, 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 and they don't really go, well, isn't that really sweet? I mean, that's what, that was, that is so sweet. Like we don't, we don't go to the positive or like, oh, that is so sweet. You know, and my husband last week did the same thing. We don't celebrate that the same way with each other as you did. If you were to walk in and say, I am so annoyed because he didn't put the dishes up <laughs> from dinner last night. And he told me he was going to, so I woke up this morning, this huge mess you'll get a little thing frenzy of everybody chiming in on, on the complaints. And that was what was going on on then. So I kind of said, yeah, they have their own club and they don't tell anybody about it. I see them wearing Mardi Gras type masks. And then I see a banner in the back. Yes, I'm a little too creative sometimes, but it said secret society of happy people. So for the first 20 years, we were actually the secret society of happy people. Oh. And we did drop the secret at our 20 year anniversary, but <laughs> we, it was, it was, just sort of kind of saying how we keep happiness sort of in the closet, if you will. Like we're yeah. just not as apt to share it. And our first slogan was even, are you happier than you admit you are? Mm. So it was about, what are you talking about? We're not asking you to be happier than you are, but we hope you're happy with at least 50% of your life. And if you're not, if you're not happy with at least 50% of your life, you know, you probably need some changes in, in, in what those changes are is, is, is different for everyone. Um, I do coaching. So when I coach people, sometimes they're not even aware of what it is they, they want to change. They just sort of know like, Hey, I'm not as happy as I want to be. I'd like to be a little happier and I'm not sure, sure what that is. And usually through that process, we can help, help, help do that. But it's, it's one of those things that we just don't talk about it. So, so then moving forward through our 20 years, you know, we went to this positive psychology research got released. Mm -hmm. So we kind of moved into this place that we're supposed to be positive all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's even a term called toxic positivity that some people feel is real. Some people maybe don't feel is, is real. So it probably depends on your own situation. Um, but actually I have a, 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 one of our society people, their um, son had, had a baby that lived for about a day, I think mm -hmm. maybe two days. And so her son, who's probably, I'm going to guess is in his thir early thirties, like twenties, early thirties. 
he um was telling it's and i'd written something that she was reading and he and i used the word toxic positivity she said my son's telling me about that people are just are coming to him too soon in his grief mm, and yeah. telling and telling him to see a bright side and and in in any parent who's had that experience you know I don't know if they ever find the bright side, but I do know it's not in the early days. For sure. I think some may find it, but, but some may not. And, and it's, it, it's, it's something they learn to live with, but it's, and, and so she was like, I, she goes, it's interesting. Cause I wasn't really thinking of that term that, you know, that, that you use. So we went through that phase, but now we're kind of back into this place that we're um, and it's, it, it, and we still have not found that balance. Happiness is still part of mental health. Yes, happiness absolutely is part of mental health. And I want to touch more on that in a minute. But before we do, I want to take a second and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Sleep Number. And while happiness is a part of mental health, another thing that is so, so important to my mental health is getting good quality sleep. That is what keeps my mental health functioning optimally. And that is so big for me. I love my sleep number bed. My sleep number is 40 and my sleep IQ score for this month so far is 82, which is pretty good. We're talking about time change happening, nights getting darker earlier. And I know that can throw so many people off, but to be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. When I am using my sleep number bed and I am taking care of my sleep routine and honoring my circadian rhythm, I sleep so much better and I function so much better throughout my day, especially during the busy holiday season. Did you know that eight out of 10 couples say one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us that regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. Here are some tips to help you both sleep just right, especially as temperature is changing outside. If you sleep too hot, temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold your energy to help warm you. If you sleep too cold, consider a dual control mattress layer or blanket that allows you to individualize your warmth on either side. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits, such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools on each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. As I mentioned before, I love the quality sleep that I get from my sleep number bed. Why choose proven quality sleep from sleep number? Because to be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local sleep number store or sleepnumber.com slash wholeness. That's sleepnumber.com slash wholeness. Now we are talking about how to be happier this holiday season, how to be happier any day. And I want to get back to this concept of happiness and mental health. And how do you believe that happiness relates to mental health? Happiness is part of our emotional health. Sometimes we have to put effort into finding it. And we've moved to this place like mental and emotional awareness days and months still center around, you know, anxiety, depression, uh, trauma, and and those Mm -hmm. things are real and you have to manage them or they manage Mm -hmm. you. Um, those things aren't not real, but having said that, that's not the whole pie for mental health and Mm -hmm. emotional health. It's also happiness, even when we have to make an effort to find it. That's a long, absolutely. No, that's so good. And that's such a good, I mean, there's so many, I I got a 
Hmm, where am I going with this? Because there's so many things I could touch on there that you said. It's like, there's so many layers to that. Cause I think, yes, we do focus on the negative. It's like we band together over these negative experiences or negative days or bad. I mean, and I think social media has helped to feed that, you know, somebody's posting, Oh, I can't believe this is happening. And other people just, yeah, 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 yeah. Validate, validate, validate. Um, and there are even studies about that, right? Like if you post something outrageous and you get a lot of feedback on that of other people being outraged with you, you're more likely to post something outrageous in the future. I mean, like there's just so much to that, but like you said, we do have these real mental health issues, which we talk about on the show all the time and, and, and they do become a label and it becomes an identity. And then all of a sudden you're stuck in the mud and you can't see past where is the happiness in this? So, well, yeah. And one of the things I like about, um, and a lot of these stories were surprises to me. Like I, when I interviewed people for my book, Practical Happiness, and I interviewed over 60 people, I didn't necessarily know their stories. And so we have, we have stories in there that deal with people who, um, who, who were super, who, who do deal with anxiety and depression. It's just part of their ongoing health, you know, mm-hmm. and in their world at this point, the way they manage it is they get that it's just part of their health. Just like if you have high blood pressure or you have high cholesterol, it's just part of the health that they, they manage. And a lot of those stories are in the book because, um, happiness is not the absence of challenges, regardless of if they're a mental and emotional challenge or their health challenge or their career challenges or their, you know, challenges with dealing with natural disasters or whatever the challenges are. Happiness, again, is not the absence of those. We're going to always have them. And the question becomes, how do we manage them? Because when we don't manage them, they manage us. That also includes grief. There's nobody that walks through life that doesn't have a loss. And so in my happiness zappers, I I label five, but one of them is unhappiness. And unhappiness to me is very different than when you're stressed or you're dealing with fear or you're dealing with chaos or you're dealing with what I call annoyances. And I think that's where we we lose most of our happiness. That's super by choice. Um, My rule of thumb on annoyances is always you know, if you're in this place and you're annoyed because of traffic, or maybe you didn't think somebody was nice to you, or again, your husband leaves his socks on the floor that he's done since you were dating, probably not going to change. You know, <laughs> if you're annoyed over these things, then, um, but you won't remember it a year from now. I say, will you remember it a year from now? And if your answer is no, really just go ahead and let it go now. Like put it in the God box, go kickboxing, write it on a paper and do a burning bowl. I mean, whatever your let go method is for you. I like blowing bubbles sometimes just because they make me smile mm-hmm. and I just pretend whatever annoyance is flowing up in the air. Um, we can, we can come up with whatever uh, management tool we want. Yes, we absolutely have to manage our stress response to those annoyances. I think that that is so key. And I'm so glad that you brought up that distinction. And with that, I want to take a second and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Everly Well. This year, you can prioritize what matters most when you share the gift of health from Everly Well. Choose from at-home lab tests like food sensitivity, women's health, or men's health, or vitamins and supplements because love and health 
are all you need. And just like we were discussing when we're talking about happiness and then we're talking about our stress response and annoyances that we face, I know that dealing with mystery health issues can be really confusing and overwhelming. Well, Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you with personalized results and accessible tools for long-term health. With over 30 at-home lab tests and high-quality vitamins and supplements, you'll be able to find the perfect test for you or your loved one. The women's health test, which I recently took and I'm a big fan of, food sensitivity, and celiac disease screening tests are only a few of the options. There are so many options available with Everly Well tests. Here's how it works. It's so awesome. I love how simple it is and quick. Everly Well ships products straight to you or to your loved one with everything needed in one package. If you ordered an at-home lab test, the sample can simply be collected at home and shipped back to a certified lab in the prepaid envelope included with the test. Digital physician-reviewed results are sent straight to your preferred device in just days. And I mean just days. That is how quick the results come. If you ordered vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away. It's so simple. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals. And now you can help your loved ones do the same. I have taken the food sensitivity test and I recently took the women's health test and it cleared up so many questions that I had. It was extremely detailed. I was able to receive a full thyroid panel. I was able to look at specific hormones, including a saliva test to measure my cortisol. And I was able to pick apart some of my reproductive hormones in order to gain more clarity and insight as to what is going on. I am a big fan of Everly Well, and I know you and your loved ones will also love the testing and the process and the simplicity. The gift of health has never been so easy to share than it is this holiday. For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com spark. That's everlywell.com spark for 20% off your next at-home lab test. everlywell.com spark. All right, Pamela, we were just talking about how unhappiness is different from annoyances. So I definitely want to get back to that. Unhappiness is, is, but unhappiness is, is different because it's, you can't, if you're in the middle of grieving something, whether it's a person or a pet you lost, whether it, and we now know pets, we grieve over them almost as much as we grieve over people because we've incorporated them so much into our household. Um, their family. They really are the furry family people. So it could be a pet. It could be a job loss that you didn't want, you know, or maybe your the industry you're in is going away. Like, and I use typewriter ribbons as an example mm-hmm. a lot. Like if you love repairing typewriters and selling typewriter ribbons, there's just not a big market for it now. <laughs> and therefore you will have had to, re, you know, re, retool yourself, you know, reinvent yourself and, and change your, your skill set. I was uh, talking to somebody who was, she's like, yeah, I think I need to, the position she's in at work. She's like, you know, there's just fewer of those now. So I, I'm thinking I need to reframe, reinvent, retool, um, my skill set. So the skill set's good. It just has to go somewhere else, especially title, t- title wise, but a health loss, you know, if you go to the doctor and all of a sudden you're, you're diagnosed with diabetes and you're having to change a lifestyle, there can be a, a, a loss and a grieving process to that. And it's, it's not always like, oh, I'm just going to be happy over this. You, you can be like, wow, really want to eat that cheesecake. And you're sitting there and you can be sad because you, you feel you can't, you know, you can maybe have a bite, 
but you can't have what you would normally have had. Um, so it's, but once you identify it as such, then you can manage that process. So when you have those gut punching moments, you can, again, manage them because they're not unexpected because we're not pretending we're past it. We know we're, we're in a cycle that um, can last anywhere from, you know, a small amount of time. Let's say you have to go get a new job and you get a new one pretty quickly and you get acclimated in that system. You get less annoyed that you lost your job if you like your new one to, you know, maybe lifestyle changes. You're like, oh, well, I actually do like this because I'm feeling better or, you know, what, whatever that might be. But like, let's say you hurt your knee and you can't run marathons anymore. Probably every time you see one for a while, you're going to be a little sad because you're gonna be like, I want to be running that marathon um, to like a death. You may never truly get past it. You know, it becomes part of you. You may not break down crying every day. Um, but the actual feeling of sadness can like, it's my mother's passed away like over 18 years ago now and I still have days and they usually randomly show up or there's not like a they're not like on a calendar even with anniversaries that I have a gut punch mm. you know and you and you're like oh yeah okay now some you know something will happen I'll be like oh yeah she loved yellow roses so I think of Tyler Tyler when I think of that but she's like love yellow roses so sometimes I can just see a big thing of yellow roses and I'll be thinking about her and it'll be like it'll make me a little sad <laughs> And sometimes mm -hmm. it, it's like a five second thing. And then sometimes it's like five hours later, I'm still like a little sad, <laughs> you know, and it's, it, it's just, it helps to know what it is. You know, it helps yeah. to go. Yeah. And it's okay to have it. It's okay to have it. Yeah. And I think, you know, cause when we think about the society of happy people or happiness project um, or pra practical happiness, any of these things, like these words that we use about happiness, it makes it seem like I'm just going to force myself to be happy. I'm going to fake it till I make it. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about recognizing and creating awareness for the things that are zapping you of your happiness. Exactly. And I call, we call, I call it in, in the book, we have a whole graph of that. We call it creating a, a zap map, which is a zapper management action plan. So again, the first step in that is identifying it because when we don't identify it or we pretend it's gone, it just, it's just like a little inner magnet inside us, inside our, our head and our body. And it almost attracts other things that minimally will annoy us. <laughs> and they keep, they keep pushing it. Once we identify it, then you can go, you know what? I really do need to just let myself cry. So let me go put on my sad song, my sad movie, and I'm just going to let those tears out. Or maybe I do want to call my aunt and talk about my mom because I just need to have that conversation. I just want to feel, feel closer to her for today. Or maybe it's like, okay, I'm going to have to reinvent myself. My, my friend just got her pink slip about, I don't know, last week or maybe the week before. She's like, I'm kind of taking a vacation week this weekend. I'm going to kind of do some reframing, kind of retooling where I think I need to be, you know, and she's just letting herself have that, that space, which will include like being upset and being sad. And, and you always wonder, you know, why you, and it usually doesn't have anything to do with you, but it feels like it because it's personal. Everything's personal to a degree. Um, so you identify it and then you decide what type it is. So that's the unhappiness, which means if, if you really know it's unhappiness, you just know it's going to take longer and it's going to rear its little head for a long time. Stress. The thing about stress is like one day something could stress you one day. It won't. <laughs> it's, it's very fluid, but when it shows up, the question is how do you manage it? Some people want to go need to go run. Some people need to go meditate. 
I was in a yoga, so I ended up in some hot yoga, power yoga class one day and instructors like, I'll be out rah, rah. And she's like, you are stronger than you think you are. And I'm like, I come to yoga because I want to silence myself. <laughs> I don't want to be strong. Like I want to be fluid and flowing. <laughs> Somebody else needs the stronger, I'm getting all sweaty, whatever. Cause I need to feel like I'm wonder woman. I mean, every, this is where everybody's different, which is our first principle. Happiness is personal. Um, but we all manage stress different. Uh, fear is, you know, and, and like, if you're living, you know, where you have a natural disaster that's about to hit your, you know, hurricane or you get a tornado warning or, you know, there's a fire or somebody's being mentally or emotionally abusive to you, uh, those fears are real. So you need to listen to them and you need to take appropriate actions. But the majority of our fears in our head are just things that stop us from doing what we want to do. And if we don't manage it, we eventually have a life of regret. We look back and we didn't do, we didn't go take the trip to Europe. We didn't go, um, you know, we want to be healthy and responsible and all those things with what we do. So like, if I decide at 80, I want to be a, a figure skater and do a triple axle, you know, might not be my best choice because if I do fall, I'll probably break a bone. <laughs> it might not heal as fast as it would have when I was 10. <laughs> that's just, you know you, I mean you want to be smart with some of your fears but you can relive them in different ways and then we have chaos you know if you're if you're in the middle of chaos and, and I think of the holidays holidays always have chaos there is you can be perfectly planned and something is gonna not go as planned and there will be some chaotic moment but that's okay because it's also temporary why well, is have to remember chaos is that thing that well we have to triage and manage it in the moment, it's usually temporary. Um, maybe a few hours, it could be a few days um, occasionally, but for the most part, temporary. And then those annoyances. And those are things, again, that one day something might not annoy you that annoys you horribly one day if you didn't get enough sleep the night before. And again, when you're aware of it and you look at it that way, it makes it easier to own it and manage it. And then, um, so then you decide if the zapper is controllable uncontrollable or a bit of both. And a lot of them really are a bit of both and you can control your actions, but if it's uncontrollable, let's say you just don't like, you don't like how your boss does something. Like you don't think your boss is motivational or whatever. And you can't control that. You can control your response to it, but you can't control what they do or they don't do. And so you know, you can, you can control your response and, and sometimes you have to leave, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, I can't deal with the negativity here and I'm going to move on because this is uncontrollable. I can't change it. And then the things you can control, like, you know, if you're dealing with a health situation and you're not taking appropriate care of yourself, like if your doctor said, Hey, I want you walking 20 minutes a day. Um, even if you're just walking in place <laughs> in your house, because it's, hundred degrees or, you know, you don't have a gym membership and, you know, whatever the case is, or you don't get up early or walk late, whatever that case is, you can control that. So you have to sort of own that, those pieces too. Um, you can control if you bought a plane ticket early enough to go somewhere for the holidays, or if you waited till like, oh, wow, I've waited till five days before mm -hmm. and now it's really, really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't control those things. And then the final piece is you make your, what I call your, um, your action plan. So how are you going to manage those, those zappers? And that's going to be fluid and it's going to change. Um, you can have a situation with somebody like, let's say you're having a disagreement with your siblings over the holidays. <laughs> like, where are we spending them? What are we doing? 
gifts you're giving parents, whatever the case is. Um, that can change day to day because the person you're dealing with can change their mind. You could change your mind and it, it can, it, it can change in how you do that. That map changes. Yeah. I like that. It, it's, it leaves room for flexibility because life is constantly asking us to be flexible. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's huge. I think that's so helpful. Um, what would you say, are there any, you know, as we are coming up upon, for me, December is just a rough month. It's, it's a rough month mentally. That's right. Tend to go, you know, seasonally low. And I, and I prep for it far in advance, you know, make sure I have all my, you know, support team in place and all my safeguards, you know, all of that. But I, I know a lot of people struggle with all, all sorts of negative emotions and feelings during the winter months for whatever reason. Are there any other happiness zappers that pop up during the holidays, during the winter months that are different from the, what you just mentioned? I don't know that they're different, but I think what happens is they're exasperated. Hmm. So if you have um, a sad thing that happened in December, let's say your childhood holidays were not happy for whatever reason, like your parents fought more. And statistically, we know, I believe the day after Christmas is one of the highest days that people have heart attacks in the country. That's a stress-related, that's um, stress-related often. Uh, people, you know, pe- people have to, I, I think the holidays, we, we need to start, start making them more about our happiness is personal and personal during the holidays also includes our family. So we can't just be like, well, I don't like decorating sugar cookies to your nine-year-old. who's like, but I want to learn how to decorate sugar cookies to take them to my, my whatever party or my class tomorrow. Uh, but we also don't have to pack it totally full either. Like we have to have that flexibility that you're talking about because, mm-hmm. you know, if we love somebody, love is a type of happiness. So doing something with them that they love, is can also bring us happiness and i think we have to remember happiness is sometimes in those little tiny moments but we don't have to make the holiday season as overwhelming as it can be and then sometimes some people suffer from the opposite like they feel like they don't get invited to holiday parties they don't have anything to do and they're feeling very lonely and very alone in in what's what's going on and depending on their stage in their life their their family unit has changed and they're navigating that and so i think we have to just look at every holiday season and and you said like i get a support team in place i plan for things in advance so we know we have triggers during that time how do we make sure we're doing Mm self-care and we're not letting ourselves get overwhelmed and no is a complete sentence we can say, no, I am not hosting the holiday dinner for 40 people. No, Uncle Tom, who, you know, wants to get drunk and dance on the table and be belligerent to everybody, he just can't come. You know, I have small kids. I have a family. I want to have, you know, it's already chaotic enough. He just can't come. I'll meet him at a restaurant. If you, you know, if we have to have him here, we're not having the holiday at my house. We're going to go. We can meet at a restaurant <laughs> we yeah. can, so I can leave. You know, basically, so I can leave and I'm not hosting and, and Uncle Tom may be great, but I'm just, you know, it could be anybody. We all have that. We can all have in a big gathering, that one person that kind of loses some etiquette rules, but you like you said, we can also say no, we can also have boundaries around, around those pieces. And, um, and as we're talking, I will probably most likely by the time 
the, this airs, we'll have on my website a guide that you can get for for the holidays, mostly because I just need to have it tweaked a little bit. And it will help you organize them. And and for me, I call I, I say the holidays start after Labor Day because there seems to be some kind of holiday between Labor between Labor Day and, mm-hmm. and New Year's. It's a it's a pretty uh, filled um, because October has now become a whole holiday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, between Halloween parties and just um, and Halloween is actually almost is celebrated as Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we start early uh, getting ready for the holidays and it's 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 exhausting. So self care, I would say I always think self care is important, but I think it's even more so in December. Like, yeah, and, and the more planning you can do, it gets rid of some of that chaos. Like, did you schedule your nail appointment? Did you schedule your hair appointments? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, as soon as you kind of know when you need some of these appointments, like get them scheduled. Did you buy your plane tickets? If, so you're not waiting till last minute. Do you do you done your car inspection if you're driving uh, on a road trip to, to visit? But if you've done the you know your car maintenance and perhaps so that you're ready to go. And I think that those are elements that sometimes just we don't think them through. Did you start buying your gifts that you need to buy, or do you decide like, hey? Everybody I know really has absolutely everything they need. And I am just going to make a gift donation. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to get rid of that chaos. <laughs> and throughout, yeah. throughout the year, I'm just going to go, you know, cause there's nothing worse when you're like, what do I get? So-and-so who, who, again, you really know already has everything. And the things they want would be things that would not be in your holiday gift budget. You know, right. like, oh, I really want that $5,000 purse. <laughs> Mm-hmm. not really doing those kinds of gifts this year because it didn't win the lottery <laughs> um you know and the year you win the lottery like yeah you can go you can go do those things so i think it's it, like i said self-care knowing the word no and and planning yeah i like that i mean and self-care is something that i have to schedule in my calendar or it's not going to happen and even mm-hmm. with uh, me and my husband we'll plan we, we're social people we like hanging out with our friends we like doing or going to visit family in different cities blah 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 right there are certain weekends that we have blocked out we are not doing anything this weekend <laughs> we're not traveling we're not because we need that we need to remember that we need that rest time and especially i mean for us october through december is crazy we've got two birthdays in october then you've got you know all the halloween stuff and then we have thanksgiving And then we have another birthday plus Christmas. We celebrate Christmas. And so, I mean, it is just, and all the parties in between. And so we have to have a plan. Like you said, that that is a non-negotiable. We have to, I have to have a personal plan for how I'm going to take care of myself. Last year, I started doing um, infrared sauna once a week. And Mm -hmm. that was, that was really enjoyable for me that it was, and who knows what, you know, I I need to get on board with something soon, but (laughs) that was helpful. One of the positives from our COVID experience is that our pandemic experience is that it forced people to really slow down mm-hmm. on, on a lot of social yeah. fronts. And so some people reevaluated friendships. Some people really started being aware of how much self-care is important. And so if you've got that busy 10 day window, like day 11, I have to just have my PJ day that I don't even answer my phone or I don't look at social media. Um, we just like, we've, I think we learned some of the importance of that 
Um, I did have actually early in the pandemic when people were really stuck at home in the first, like that first six week window, I actually had one of my newsletter subscribers. She wrote me back. She's like, you know, my, my husband and I actually like each other. And I've realized how much stuff I was doing that I didn't really enjoy mm -hmm. and because it was just habit. And so I think one of the challenges and why our unhappiness numbers are increasing and how they were increasing prior to the pandemic and the mm -hmm. pandemic, I think put it on steroids, but it's people are, they're changing and they're trying to incorporate those changes into, into their life. And part of that, I think is self-care. I then think I think that's huge. And, and for some people, I think it was like, I'm an introvert so I'm just, and I'm single. So originally I was like, I was like, oh, this will be fine. But then even I realized I'm like, hmm, I really like people for, you know, a couple hours. I really miss dinners. I miss having a conversation with somebody not on Zoom. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, to, like to see them. And um, I do trainings to, for organizations. And I'm like, I really prefer to do them in person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really, I really prefer that dynamic, whether it's I'm dealing with 10 people or I'm dealing with a thousand. I really like that, 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 the energy pieces of that. And I, I didn't realize how much I did and how yeah. much I missed that. Now, because I'm an introvert, if I spent a whole day training, I probably, and if it's a work thing, I, I, I definitely make it through any social activities that I'm invited to or that I'm participating in. Cause I, I, I love the people I got to work with. Um, Having said that, once I get off the airplane and get home, I know I need to give myself like a 24 hour, mm -hmm. it's 24 hour, like very light people time. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like if, I need to, if I need to do something socially because it's somebody's birthday or whatever, hopefully I'm in a space I can show party. But the, um, but in general, like, yeah, I'm going to be peopled out and I'm going to be thinking out, like, don't make that the day I'm writing some a thousand word article because mm -hmm. it's not gonna <laughs> uh I, I mean like or it's if, or if it does happen it's gonna be bad i'll be reading that and i'm like nobody would read that <laughs> like, <laughs> what was i even trying to say <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> so so like so again like it's that planning part it's like knowing yourself and you know marrying that but i do think people are uh, i think people have kind of their awareness has changed. And now we're trying to figure out how that fits in our practical life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is absolutely a benefit. You're right. That's, that's a really good point. And I do want to touch on your book briefly, because um, I, I want to know why is this book different from all the other books we have about happiness? Well, I think it helps you find realistic happiness. It helps you find. So, so the first it's based on four principles, which number one is happiness is personal. And I think we live in this groupthink society. And so we sometimes have a hard time um, owning what our happiness is. So that doesn't, again, mean that you never go do something that's not your happiness is personal with somebody you love and care about, um, or you go try new things, because I think that's important. But if we know that uh, taking a mile walk every day is part of our happiness is personal. We need to try to incorporate that into our day as much as possible. Like we need to look back on a past week and know we did at least one or two of our things that helps us feel super happy. So maybe that's hosting a party or going to happy hour or in being around a ton of people, or maybe that's learning something new or reading, or maybe it's more meditative and contemplative, but that's super important. The second one we talked about a lot is happiness zappers are manageable. And I, I think that 
managing those is about half of our happiness. The better we manage them, the more, the more, the happier we'll be. It's not that they won't be there because they will, but we're managing them. So we feel a little bit more empowered with them. I even talk about, I do a lot of videos and stuff. And, and I, and when I speak, I bring a, a wand. I have a, a manager. I have a zap the zapper wand. So you sometimes see me with pictures of that. The third one is happiness changes as we change. And I know when I do coaching, that is usually where people are really stuck. They're trying to create past happiness. And it just, it changes and it changes for a lot of different reasons. And so that it goes into that in the book. And the beauty of the book is it's, it's, I interviewed 60 people. So we actually have people's stories showing you these principles. And then the fourth principle, which is probably one of my favorites is happiness is bigger than you think. And it's based on the society's 31 types of happiness. So we even have an app so you can go, there's a happiness counter on the app where you can go to SOHP.com slash gift and print out the 31 types of happiness. And I challenge most people, you know, take an hour, the past hour and count up the numbers of times you've experienced any of these types of happiness, because sometimes it's like relieved, feeling relieved. Maybe you've got a project off your desk from work. You're like, and you're relieved it's done. Sometimes it's, maybe satisfaction. You're, you're feeling satisfied because you, you did something and you're like, Oh, that turned out pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty happy. Or maybe you were just hungry and you went and ate and your tummy's feeling satisfied now. So satisfaction is a type and amused. Um, and then some are hard, like honorable. Sometimes when we do the right thing, it may not, it may not make us happy in that exact moment, but an hour down the road, a day down the road, and you look back on that event and you know you handled it in the right way. You didn't get reactionary. You didn't, you know, let's, and I use work as an example a lot, but let's say at work, you were getting credit for work somebody else did. So you in the big meeting with all the big bosses said, oh, Janie did that. <laughs> you know, I was just, I was just the co-pilot. That was Janie's idea. And like, and you say that, and so you're kind of taking away some of your credit. So it doesn't, it may not feel good. It may, you know, it may not feel it may not feel great, but later on, you're going to be glad you gave the right person credit for, for what happened. So sometimes being honorable is, is not exactly happiness in the moment, but it's long-term happiness. Mm. So there's, there's different types of happiness on there than a lot of people expect. And, you know, we know the obvious humor celebration, you know, there's, there's some of those that are super obvious. Those are high, super high vibe, joyful, big high vibe types of happiness. Um, but there's also some that are like peaceful, you know, where you're just feeling peaceful and content. I think content is a super underrated mm -hmm. type of happiness. I agree. Um, when you just look around, you're like, you know, I'm, I really wouldn't change very many things in my life. And you're just like content. Um, uh, some people, especially if you're in there in the, in the self-help motivation space, like you are, and I am, and a lot of people we'll say, well, content is being complacent and lazy. So you can be content and you still have a bucket list of 50 or hundred things you want to do. I mean, content doesn't mean you're, you're, you're just content. Doesn't mean you're depressed. <laughs> you can't do anything. It just means you wouldn't change a lot about the foundation of your, uh, of your life. Um, you know, you're, you're in, in whatever phase that is. So, and that can change, you know, based as you're, you know, go, you can loop that back to principle three of happiness changes as you change. And like when you first get out of college, you may be a party animal three in the morning and at work at eight and 
just doing great, but you wake up a little later and you've got a new baby and <laughs> staying out till three in the morning, you may be up till three in the morning because you're feeding, but staying out party yeah. probably isn't your idea of happy. Your, your life changed and that piece of everything from contentment to the other types of happiness can change. So yeah. we have stories those too. We have those stories from um, people that, you know, talking about each of those 31 types of happiness and for happiness happens month, which was in August. I did podcast interviews uh, with people, which you can find on our YouTube channel and, and our website and um, social media things. So, and so listening to their stories is also, if you're more of an audio person, is also a great, a great way. Although my book is in audio too. So if you're an audio person, you can listen to that. You can listen to the stories that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely sounds like a, a really helpful resource for people. And because I think it also creates that mindfulness and self-awareness that we just don't take the time to do. Um, and even gratitude, how powerful is gratitude as, as an anti-inflammatory agent in the body, you know? Well, yeah. And, and that, that is one of our 31 types of happiness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we didn't discuss this with the way I just define happiness is just happiness is when you feel good, when you naturally mm. feel good. And so sometimes that's a stair step. If you did not sleep last night and you're exhausted today, your happiness might be the relief you feel when you get to come home and take a 30 minute power nap. Mm. It's a little stair step. You might not be up here on like, yay, I'm having fun. (laughs) That, that may be too far stretch because you're like, I'm on two hours of sleep. And I just really, a pillow, the pillow is my happiness. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm looking for, because it's very relative. If you woke up and I had a pipe burst and you were dealing with the chaos of all of that, your happiness might just be feeling relieved that you got the water out of the house, mm-hmm. but that still feels good. You still feel, you feel, you feel when you feel better than you felt the moment before, mm-hmm. that is really what happiness is. And when we're mindful of that, we discover there's a lot more happiness around us. Yeah. It's a snowball effect. I see how that can just, it can keep building on itself. Now I want to ask you my favorite question to ask my guests. Um, you know, the name of the show is sparking wholeness. So if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, I think that really gets into, I, I would say it's really like mindfulness and being in the moment so being in the moment and, and feeling that emotion, whether it's a happiness zapper or whether it's actually feeling good, I think that that's what creates wholeness because that's what makes us a holistic person and it is all of, all of the feelings and all of life, whether we're needing to say manage something because it's, it's not what we want it to be or whether we're just embracing it because I'm in the moment and somebody on my Facebook page just wrote this whole thing about a person. And I wish I'm trying to find the message again. I know I liked it, but I'm like, I want to reread that because one of the things he was talking about is a friend was visiting him and he was just grateful. He was at this time of his life that he could just embrace being grateful. This person is here, no expectations, no, you know, you weren't future casting. You also weren't in the past. You were just embracing those moments of, of, you know, happiness and, and joy and contentment. And, and, and appreciating that person for who they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. 
Um, this has been so good and it went by so fast and this is just a fun overall conversation and really helpful, especially this time of year, any time of year. Um, so remind me where, where can people find you and what are your social media links and your website and the gift that you mentioned, the 31 types of happiness. Well, if you just go to S O H P, so society of happy people.com, you can get in touch with me. You can see the places you can buy the book. You can get some gifts. If you sign up for the VIP club, you can get the 31 types of happiness by typing in SOHP.com slash gift. That's just the gift we're, we, we give people when I uh, do the interviews. It's also an app. And then there's the social media. You can connect with me on way too many social media sites. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I'm more active than others, but you can connect with me there and uh, and find out every, you know, about the society and, and what we do and the holidays we celebrate and my coaching and speaking, if those are something of, of interest to you. Awesome. Yeah. This is super helpful, super, just good, good stuff that people need to know. So I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and to share your passion and your knowledge. No, thank you for um, having me as a guest. And you've been, you've been so fun to talk to. And I know I hijacked the conversation a little too much. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I want. My guess. I don't want to hijack it. <laughs> I'd rather you hijack it than me. <laughs> you have really lots cool. of knowledge. I can tell. Well, thank so. you so much. This is such a good show. So it was so fun. Thank you. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.